Well, praise the Lord. I tell you, tremendous. I love hearing those bells ring. Amen. Uh, what a joy. And thank you, Allison. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I'll use the same scripture and then we'll cut loose. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. I uh, appreciate each one of you being here today. I know it's a holidays, a lot of things going on, but I tell you, there's no better place to be in the holidays in the house of God. Praising the Lord. This is what I, I was talking to an atheist here on Black Friday, and uh, we were talking, we were in a little coffee shop in the bookstore, and we just kind of struck up a conversation. And I said, what do you do for Christmas? He said, uh, well, we have a big meal, and we celebrate, we give gifts and all that. And I said, why would you do that? You don't even believe in God. Why would you want to celebrate something that you don't believe in? Uh, he said, you know, nobody's ever asked me that question before. I said, well, you may ought to think about that. You save yourself some money from all these gifts you're going to have to buy. <laughs> Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. I wondered, uh, as, as I've studied uh, this week, why the birth of Jesus wasn't included in every gospel. You would think that it's important enough to be in every gospel. So I kind of dug around a little bit and when you examine it, it becomes pretty clear. In the book of Matthew, he presents Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's uh, the lineage of, uh, of Jesus is there because a king's got to have a lineage. Uh, it gives him the authority to sit on the throne because of the lineage that he has. So the lineage is recorded in Matthew. But in Mark, it presents Jesus as a servant. And uh, there's no lineage there in Mark. In fact, to be a servant, you don't need a lineage. Doesn't make any difference where you came from. You just got to be a servant. And then in the book of Luke, he's presented as a son of man. And in order to identify with man and die for man and redeem man, every man has a family tree and a lineage. So you have to have the lineage in the book of Luke. Uh, uh, in Luke. But then you come to John and Jesus is presented as God himself. Now, God has no family tree because he's been before anything and there's no family tree or no lineage there. So when you sum all of it up, Matthew traces Jesus all the way back to Abraham. And then Luke traces Jesus all the way back to the first Adam. But John takes Jesus all the way back to the beginning. In the beginning was a word and the word was with God and the word was God. All the way back to the beginning. Now in Luke chapter 2, verse 9, would you stand please in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. Beginning verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, I love these two words, fear not. 365 times you find those words in the Bible. Fear not. One for every day. Fear not. I love that. And, and he said, uh, For behold, I bring you good tidings of 
great joy. <laughs> now, that's not just joy, that's great joy. There's a difference between joy and great joy. You see, that's the only kind of joy you can have when you're dealing with Jesus. I mean, he's a, he's a great son. He wrote a great book. He died a great death. Got up in a great resurrection. He's great. So we have great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, here's what the whole thing's about. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, you know, there's a lot of events in this world today that we recognize most of them are not really good events. We just recognized 76 years since uh, Pearl Harbor this week. We, before long ago, we were recognizing 9-11. But when you start talking about Christmas, boy, it's, it's not a sad event. It's a joyful event. It, it's happy. When we remember the birth of our Savior... From the youngest to the oldest in this place, he brings joy, he brings peace, he brings goodwill, he brings hope. We can sing joy to the world, the Lord has come. Now, he goes on to say, uh, uh, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Father, we ask you to just let the reading of your word sink into our hearts, our souls, our minds this morning. Lord, may we just get a glimpse, just a glimpse, about what joy to the world is really all about. We ask you to have your way in this service and every person that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, boy, the greatest event we celebrate is the Christmas season. Uh, what a tremendous event. There's a song in the air. There's joy in this world. And uh, as the bells, uh, I walked in this morning, and as the bells were ringing, I, I just thought, you know, I, I, man, you talk about a people that ought to be joyful. It ought to be us. So just jotted three things down. Won't take but a few moments and we're out of here. Before I do go, though, let me just tell you this. <laughs> uh, let me just tell you. Somebody put some cookies down there by my seat. <clears throat> I don't know who it was, but they look really good. But I didn't eat them because we don't eat or drink in the Lord's Worship Center. Just wanted to remind you all of that. And we don't get up during the invitation in the Lord's house. Now, after the invitation, you can bail out of here like a covey of quail. But the most important time in this service is the invitation. And some of us have forgotten that. So I just thought I'd throw that out there, all right? Save me that cookie, baby. I know she's eating them right now, I guarantee you. Well, as the bells were ringing, I jotted this down. It has to be joy to a sovereign God who was touched by this world. A sovereign God was touched by this world. Now, I've heard all my life, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I never bought into that as a child. 
I really think that's really not really scriptural, but anyway, I think it probably is. But when my parents would give me money to go buy my brother's presents, I would always buy mine first. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, it, you, you have to get pretty low if you don't buy yourself a Christmas present now. Everybody needs to buy themselves a Christmas present. I'll get kind of lonely sometimes, and, and man, at, down at DFW, and I just kind of feel alone. I'll go down and announce, tell the guy, would you announce on the speaker would Charles Hunt come to the, I just want to hear my name in all the, <laughs> you know, the, the airport, Charles Hunt, paging Charles Hunt. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's me. <laughs> That's me. All right. <laughs> I, I tell you, uh, Becky and I have this couple that we're real good friends with and, and for years, they agreed that they would not buy each other presents, but the husband never would agree to that. He would say, honey, uh, what kind of gun do you want for Christmas? <laughs> and she would say, whatever you think I need, honey. And she, bought, I, she never did shoot a gun, but she had all kinds of guns and knives and everything that he bought for her for Christmas so that he could use them there. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. One day in a delivery room, my wife gave forth a little boy. And I held him in my hand. And I want to tell you, I found out right, right then, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And then those guys grew up. And <laughs> then they married. And then they bring these little, little ones called grandkids in. Let me tell you, my grandkids will have to live to be 104 to play with all the stuff that I have bought them. I just want to tell you right now, there's nothing better than giving that child something and seeing those eyes light up. I mean, it's just, a, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Maybe you've given to somebody and a tear uh, just kind of swells up in their eye and they say something like this, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. I remember years ago, Becky's mother she was always the one that said, now don't do that. Don't do that. My mother never did say that. She said, do all you want to. But, but her mother would say, don't do that. I wish, and we were over there one day, and uh, Jeremy was probably about 12. And uh, she said, I wish y'all wouldn't do that. And Jeremy said, well, Mama, I wish you'd have told us that before we spent all this money. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I said, son, let me teach you something. She wants it, all right? So you give them, because it's more blessed to give. There's something about being a giver. It brings joy to your own heart. The expression of love in your own heart. And for the joy of a perfect, righteous, holy God. He gave His Son for sinners like you and me. He gave the greatest gift of all gifts. And the reason He did it was because He was touched. By the sin of mankind. And he looked out and said, they need a Savior. And I'm going to give them the gift of my Son. It brings heart, a joy to the heart of God. I, I know I'm glad uh, I'm saved. I enjoy my salvation. I believe God enjoys my salvation too. I think it thrills the heart of God when he's able to save a sinner. I think it thrills the heart of God. I believe God enjoys Christmas probably more than we do. I'd say he enjoys it more than we do. You say, why in the world would you say that? Well, he celebrated it before we did. You say, how do you mean he celebrated it? Well, 
He decked out the heavens that night with angels and they sang the glory down and the silver star came out and pointed down to the, to the little manger and said, that's him, that's him, that's him. He was celebrating Christmas before we ever started. I believe it thrilled the heart of Christmas, of God for Christmas to come because man gets one more time to notice that God loves him. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God once again demonstrates his unconditional, his everlasting love. You see, before Jesus came, before the manger scene, the, the, the holiness and the power of God and the wrath of God and the indignation of God. There were the events like the flood that destroyed the earth except one family. There was events like the Tower of Babel. There was uh, events like the captivation of Israel. After all those years of sin, after all those 400 years of not saying anything, of rebellion, of wrath, of dark clouds, one night over there in the hills of Bethlehem, the winds begin to blow and the stars begin to shine and the angels begin to sing glory to God in the highest I think it thrills the heart of God to be able to give it thrills God to offer salvation to men women, children young people, senior adults because that's the greatest gift boy this world sinfulness of mankind Homelessness, fatherless, people are motherless, lonely, lost, blind, crippled, maimed, orphaned, abandoned. But the God of this book loves every one of them. Don't ever forget that. He loves every one of them. There's a story of a little boy and a little girl. And the little boy just is in love. Now I know it's puppy love. But I tell you, puppy love is still real to the puppies. Amen? And he's in love with his little girl. And he saves his money. And he goes down to the store and buys her a bracelet for Christmas. And he comes back and he wraps it all up. His mother probably helped him wrap it. And he gives it to the little girl at school for Christmas. She takes it and she opens it. I mean, it was a nice necklace. It was one of those necklaces that you could have probably worn an hour and a half without turning your arm green. She looked at it and went over and threw it in the trash. She said, I don't like you. I don't want to be around you. I don't want anything you've got to offer. That's it. The teacher was noticing that. The little boy started crying. Later on, when he was in his room, he went over and put the put his hand on that little boy's shoulder and said, son, there's other fish in the sea. Don't let this get you down. And then the teacher realized something. It was easy for him to say that because he didn't love that little girl like that little boy loved that little girl. Hmm. Can you imagine with me this morning what God must feel like to knock on the heart's door of a man, a woman, young person, a child, and them say, I don't want anything to do with you. I want you to just leave me alone. I don't want to fool with you. I don't love you. 
Don't you know that breaks the heart of a holy God who loves you so much that he gave his life on Calvary? I believe there's a holy God in heaven that weeps when sinners say no to Jesus. So there's a joy for God. Let me tell you what else, too, I wrote down. <laughs> there's joy to a sinner that's been trapped and uh, tarnished by this world. Anybody here saved today and you know it? And you're plumb glad about it? I need to ask that one more time. Anybody here saved today, you know it, and you're plumb glad about it? Amen? Amen? See, there's a difference in being just glad. Being glad is being glad. But when you plumb glad, son, that's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I mean, you just plumb glad about it. You know why you're glad about it today and plumb glad about it? Because works wouldn't help you. More money wouldn't help you. The emptiness is still there. The void is still there. There's no peace. There's no joy. But one day, somebody told you about Jesus. Somebody told you Jesus came and Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus rose again and offered you salvation. And because you did what God said, believed what God said, and received what God had, your sins were rolled away separated as far as the east is from the west the joy of christmas is in the heart of every saved christian the world had me trapped the world had me tarnished but when jesus came in the light shone the hope dawned and joy came and i met the savior who saved me from my sin will you sing that little old song brother dale yeah, i mean years ago you ask me why I'm happy. Here's the reason why I praise God. My sins are gone. You're talking about being plumb glad when your sins are gone. And you look around and Jesus said, look, you, 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 you put on my robe of righteousness. You don't worry about your old sinful nature anymore. You, you put on my robe of righteousness. You're going to stand with me and I'm going to stand with you. What happened? They got washed away. How? Because of that little baby in a manger. They say every baby is born and destined for great things. Listen to me, young people. I know many of you have left, but you guys are very important. Don't you trade your destiny that God has for you for some deal the devil's going to make you. I promise you. Everybody in this place will promise you, when you start doing something for God, the devil will send everything in the world in your way. He'll give you every option, and they'll all look good. They'll all look good. Don't you fall. God's got something awesome and wonderful. When you look into the little eyes of that baby, you see the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look at his little hands, you see the hands that created the heavens and the earth. When you hear that voice crying, you hear a voice of thunder. 
What was he destined for? He was destined to live a sinless life, to pray tremendous prayers, miracles and healing, to go to the cross, have a painful death, and then go by the cemetery. He didn't stay there very long. He rose again so that you and I could have eternal life. We're all tarnished. We're all trapped. We try to do better. We try to get a new release on life. But it never works. But joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's good news. There's a better way to live. There's a better way to die. You realize this morning, these bells wouldn't have anything to ring about if it wasn't for that baby in that manger. This choir wouldn't have anything to sing about if it wasn't for that baby in that manger. We wouldn't have anything to testify or preach about if it wasn't for that baby in that manger. But hallelujah to the Lamb. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he's here this morning touching folks on the shoulder saying, I'm talking to you. You've tried everything. You've bought everything. You've had everything. But you're more miserable now than you've ever been before in your life. Look to Jesus. You'll get that joy unspeakable. Full of glory. Now there's a third thing and I'm through. There's a joy to every child of God who's troubled by this world. Anybody here troubled this morning? Man, have mercy. You, you know why we celebrate Jesus in a nutshell? Because he's our ticket out of this mess. He, he's, he's, he's the way we're going to get out of here. That little baby in that manger... One day we're going to leave our troubles behind. We're going to leave our sorrows behind, our heartaches, our illnesses, our tears. The troubles are not going to last forever. Heartaches are not going to last forever. Your disappointments are not going to last forever. Statisticians tell us that the highest rate of suicide is during the Christmas holidays. Highest rate. Boy, when we ought to be praising the Lord and rejoicing... But the reason that is, is because folk who are lonely are more lonely during Christmas than any other time. People who are hurting, they're hurting more during Christmas than they are any other time. People who have troubles, their troubles become bigger during Christmas. They see others celebrating. They see others that God's uh, uh, just bestowed joy upon. And they look at their life and say, life's not worth living. Listen to me, life's always worth living. God's got a plan for you. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but I'm telling you for the glory of God, He's got a plan. The message that I have for you today is joy to the world. Sickness is not going to last forever. Joy to the world. Loneliness is not going to last forever. Heartache's not going to last forever. Better days are coming. A better world is coming. The baby in that manger says to every sick person, sickness is not going to last forever. This is all temporary here. It says to every burdened person, your burdens are not going to last forever. Every lonely person, your loneliness won't last forever. Every person in this place is disappointed. That baby in the manger is saying, your disappointment is only temporary. It's not going to last forever. <laughs> Joy came in that manger. Joy came in my heart. 
And it's going to be a glorious place of eternal joy where we'll worship the King forever and forever and forever. Pastor was reading us and studying for his Christmas message. And uh, I can relate to this. I'll find myself studying and suddenly my head's bowed. I wake up 15, 20 minutes later thinking, well, boy, that was rich. (laughs) But he fell asleep in his study at the church and he dreamed that he was in a world in which Jesus had never come. He walked out on the streets, but there were no church spires pointed to heaven. He was summoned by a weeping child to go and visit his mother who was dying. But on arrival, he noticed that his Bible only went through the Old Testament. Jesus had never come. There was no mention of heaven. There was no mention of tears being wiped away. There was no mention of the joy of being absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. He bowed his head and he wept in bitter despair because he couldn't offer her any hope after the grave. Suddenly he awakened by the choir, the handbell choir practicing down the hall. (laughs) Joy filled his soul as he realized as never before why we sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's why we are happy this morning and we sing joy to the world because that baby in a manger makes a difference. It makes a big difference. Now I know, you know, people say, well, you know, the baby's not in the manger. No, but if he hadn't have been in the manger, he wouldn't have been on the cross. And if he hadn't have been on the cross, he wouldn't have been in the tomb. And if he hadn't have been in the tomb, he wouldn't have resurrected And if he hadn't resurrected, he wouldn't have sent it into heaven. And if he hadn't sent it into heaven, he wouldn't be coming back for us. But he is. He is. This morning, I'm asking you, if you've never been saved, and I'm, listen to me, I'm not talking about being a good person. I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm not talking about going through the motions. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, I've never had that. Then I want to ask you this morning, would you just simply give up and say, God, you love me more than I love myself, and I'm going to follow you. I may not understand it, may not know what to do, but I'm going to come down here and somebody's going to show me the Bible and show me how to be saved. I want to be saved. Because I've tried everything in this world, and it's empty every time, empty every time, empty every time. There may be many of you here this morning who are saved. But the real truth is, somebody stole that joy from you. Not real joyful. For some of you in this place, you need to come to this altar. Some of you in this place don't even need to come to the altar. You need to go to somebody. Apologize. Maybe a kid, maybe a mother, maybe a neighbor, maybe a daddy. I don't know. I don't know. I know this, though. I look around me, and it looks like it's getting closer and closer that the Lord's coming. I was reading Glenn Stone's little thing this morning, and Dr. Stone said, I'm not interested in bringing Merry Christmas back. I thought, well, that's kind of abrupt. And then he said, I'm interested in Jesus coming back. Oh, that's good. 
Now, he probably stole it from somebody like I do all mine too, but that's good. That's rich. That's rich, man. I'm just telling you right now, when you get your eyes focused on Jesus coming back and the joy that God's going to bring to you, you'll forget about all these other circumstances. I know this. I preached it at funerals before. I guess I probably ought to apologize. I ought to be preaching here in this congregation. I've, I've got a message I've preached many times at funerals that if that guy could or lady could look up out of that casket and speak, what would he say? I think he'd say, first of all, heaven is better than anybody ever told you it was. The Bible says, I had not seen nor ear heard what the Father has in store for us, those who are called according to his purpose. I think the second thing that person would say, life is too short to be angry and bitter. Get rid of all that junk. Sacrifice. Let, let me tell you something. What, you say, th this guy's lost, but I tell you, he hurt my feelings, and I'm going to... What are your feelings compared to that man's soul? So what he hurt your feelings? Get over it. Take a Tylenol and call Brother Case in the morning. <laughs> it's done. That soul is worth more than anything we've got here on this earth. God help us. Father, uh, I feel like I've kind of rambled this morning, but God, would you take these three simple points and would you place them in the hearts of men, women, and children today? God, if there are those here today who need you as a personal Savior, Lord, don't let this go by. Don't, don't let their destiny for you be watered down because of the devil trying to talk to them and make deals with them. God, have your way in every heart in this place today. And Lord, I pray for Christians in this place. Lord, may we come to a place where we honestly can say, joy to the world. The Lord has come. I may be going through tribulation now, but one of these days it's going it's to all be gone. Your word says that the afflictions of the righteous are many. But you're going to oversee all of that. So God, may we turn to you today in this service. You have the honor and the glory of every decision to be made in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together as Brother Aaron leads us? Come to the one who can bring you. Emmanuel. Bye.